Moral compass. Private first class debauchery. <laughs> That's fair. I'm just a private. I was the most. Res- I'm like the most responsible one here today, boys. Yeah, cause you don't leave the house. I left last night. Why? To go to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Officially titled, uh, we can be found at Askcasters, A S S C A S T E R S on Twitter. And uh, again, Ask uh, is not a porn term, just a simple acronym for Andy, myself, Schwammy, and also Scrode. So, we're going to dive into uh, some fun topics today, talk about uh, what just took place with the, uh, the end of the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, we'll jump into what is going to be uh, hopping in for next season with teams, what to look out for, maybe some draft prospects, uh, and then we may hop all over the map for some other topics after that. But first thing first, uh, Schwammy, victory lap time. That was a fantastic finals, in my opinion, obviously. Not for a Lightning fan, though, but yeah, for me, that was amazing. 21 years since the last time the Avs won, so this one means a lot, especially for someone like me who, growing up, that uh, I was 11 years old when they last won the Cup, so seeing it as an adult kind of changes your perspective on it, because you, as a kid, I mean, you don't know any better. You think, oh, this could happen next year, or, you know, like five years. Nope, that was 21 years, so it's... It was a pretty pretty awesome uh, celebration, and we can get into that later. But no, it's it's pretty. It's I can't describe it. It's, it was amazing. Um, as you could see, uh, the Abs had a pretty good time th- during their cup celebration the week after. I how did it go? I saw not too. I think I saw Landy having the Swedish flag on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I really saw. Who got banged up, shall we? Well, besides the cup a couple of times, it, everyone <laughs> did. Uh, well, during the parade, for sure. So, um, I want to say, Byram got pretty twisted. He was in the crowd, not in the crowd, but he was high-fiving people. And you, I don't know if you guys seen his face, but he looks like a high schooler. Like, he is a, like, he looks like a kid still. He just turned 21. He tried to run back to one of the fire trucks, and one of the cops stopped talking. Stopped him and said, "No, no, no, get back in the crowd." <laughs> and everyone's like, "Yo, no, man, that's Bo, dude. He's a player, man." And, and the cop didn't believe him, but everyone from the truck was yelling, "No, get, get him up here. No, he's fine." So, and um, in your impression of the Abs fan mm-hmm. or the Abs cops, they are already fucking smoking weed. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in that state, that or, you know, Amen. doing meth up in the mountains with a Sasquatch. Meth in the mountains. Yeah. I like that. That should be on a shirt. Thank you. Doing meth in the mountains. <laughs> That's my favorite Don Jinver song. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. But no, it was, uh, it was a pretty good week of, uh, I guess, jubilation, if you would. Um, you know, people will knock the abs for... You know, maybe a couple of dents and dings with the cup, but it's it's been through hell. Let's be honest, especially in now that we're in the age of ca- uh, phones with cameras, and that now everyone has one, so 
anything that happens can be posted online within seconds. Imagine if that was happening during the 90s, 80s, 70s. All the debauchery that was going on with the Oilers teams of the 80s, the Red Wings teams of the 90s. I mean, who knows what could have been happening with some of those guys. That's why they they have podcasts where they talk about, well, what would you do with the cup after you guys won it? Well, so-and-so didn't take his equipment off for 24 hours. Then they went to Boulder, Colorado and smoked a bowl. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it... because people were giving like McDermott shit for falling backwards la- the other day, oh, which, yeah. which was awesome. Yes, but I'm like, how many times has that happened anyway? But I mean, but now it's out on the on the interwebs. And well, you have to think, 35 pounds above your head, and you're kind of hoisting it backwards, and well, you're and you're drunk, and you're that. Well, that's yeah, you're <laughs> drunk. Your momentum's going to take you back. And you have two natty lights in your hand, Andy, and you saw. I almost swing- fell backwards just taking that last swing. <laughs> And you and you almost fall down. So you yeah. are lacking potassium this morning. It, yes. So I guess it's a it's a quick question, which I know it's not on our agenda, but like, I guess if you see athletes, anybody celebrating out like that, isn't it like a like shouldn't it be almost uh, an unwritten rule not to put your phone away? To put your phone away. That or to not post whatever you're about to. I would. Yeah. I would absolutely agree. Um, it's almost like anybody on a bachelor bachelorette party. Maybe, maybe not during like the parade. Um, but that's maybe, different. That's public. Yeah. Um, but when you're when you're going to the bar with the boys or um, having a neighborhood party or a, a town party. Um, a town party. That, well, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> the town party. <laughs> Out in the boondocks. Okay, that's We're going to have meth in the mountains. <laughs> ah, Stanley Cup tradition unlike any other. Meth in the mountains. From the voice of Jim Nance. Here's the hail and veil. Those people would have the worst teeth of all time. Yes. Meth mouth and hockey pucks to the teeth. Especially when you go further south to like Pueblo. Or, or La Junta. <laughs> they have no teeth. <laughs> But no, it was so. Eaters. So I was off one game from my prediction. I thought it was gonna. I mean, not to say that game five wasn't a good game, but game game six was kind of what I was expecting more for game five. But if you listen to some of the comments and interviews from the team, they were maybe a little bit on edge. They were a little nervous. But then once game six or game five was over, they were more comfortable in game six. Which I mean, that happens with teams that don't have that kind of experience. So. It was just awesome to see a bunch of those guys win it, especially guys who've been around forever. Eric Johnson, Gabe Landeskog, Nate McKinnon, uh, I guess TJ Comp or JT Comper, excuse me, who's been around. He had a for, great. He had a good playoffs. Yeah. He did. He had his moments, and you know, just seeing guys like that who are with the organization. Um, just trying to think, like Darcy Kemper, who's in his 30s, who was you know a, a long time. Minnesota wild prospect then went to the Arizona Coyotes for a little bit and you know it's good to see him win especially after taking that stick to the eye in the first round <laughs> um, guy like Pablo Pablo Francois who came over wasn't even a draft pick came over a few years ago at, on a free agency deal or, and you know seeing a guy like him get six wins in, a, in the playoffs was amazing your backup goalie got you six wins yeah, and such a you think a team that only lost what four times in the playoffs, mm-hmm. 
you'd think they'd have their starter for the whole time, but right um, injuries played a part. Yeah, but but, but that happens to everybody. I was I was very impressed by the Avalanche being having it been their first time in the Cup. Um, I thought they handled it very well. I thought they were composed for for most of the series. Um, didn't look like they the moment was too big for them ever. No, and you know I th- I know they probably don't say this, but maybe internally, getting past the second round was a huge weight off their shoulders. Because you've even though that that uh, the next round against the Oilers that was such like a pond hockey kind of series, they still handled it well. I mean, they were still able to uh, overcome any adversity playing against McDavid and Drysital. And I mean, so and then after that, I mean, it was just kind of like, well, you know, the sky's the limit for them. So it was just it was a, a, a fucking awesome playoffs to watch for you know your t- when your team actually wins. It's it's a phenomenal. So, and I know, and I know you can't say that being a Golden Knights fan or a Vancouver Canucks fan, Andy. But whatever you are. <laughs> um, but what I can say, the playoffs <laughs> were amazing. Uh, I think the NHL caught good fortune this playoffs in the fact that uh, there were amazing games mm-hmm. from the beginning uh, of the playoffs all the way to the end, and uh, trying to butt up against what was happening with the NBA. NBA playoffs were absolute trash. Dog water. They they were terrible. And when NHL is going to take a look back at how the season went, one of the things that they're going to see is that their ratings year to year from this playoffs, from last playoffs, uh, the numbers were significantly higher about the amount of eyeballs that were actually on this year's playoffs. And so we'll see what that means moving forward for the league. But uh, definitely great exposure for the league as a whole. Colorado <clears throat> has probably got some new fans. Tampa's probably got some new fans holding on for as long as they did. Uh, we, we've talked multiple times about Tampa was <coughs> the Michael Myers that you have to kill them. You have to kill them. and Cut their head off. They just they Seriously. refused to go down. And one of the things that was the downfall for the Lightning, uh, the Coach Cooper referred to it a couple times subtly about the amount of injuries that this team had during the playoffs. Bellamar, meniscus injury, starting playoffs. Sorelli, shoulder AC joint sprain versus New York Rangers. That's a painful one, too. I've, I've had that one. Yeah, and if you want, also Sorelli dislocated other shoulder versus Colorado. <laughs> other shoulder. He has a third one. It's okay. <laughs> Kucherov, MCL sprain versus Colorado. Paul, shoulder AC joint sprain versus New York Rangers. And MCL sprain versus Colorado. Perry, Shoulder AC joint sprain versus the Rangers. Point significant quad tear versus Toronto. That stings. That's a Sunday That's a tear. Significant tear. That's a Sunday injury for you. And McDonough uh, mangled finger. If you want one of those injuries. So Michael Myers took no dysentery. Many many beatings. Snake bite. I think for one of the other players potentially. Who knows. Uh, but uh, congrats to Tampa for hanging in there. Uh, Colorado did a great job taking them out. And, Schwammy, let's let's not be subtle about, obviously, not where you just celebrated, but you're also famous because you know the coach. So let's let's yes. talk about how you uh, – basically you guys are BFFs. Yeah, me and Jared Bednar are just 
totes, you know, BFFs, like all the way. No, you were with them in the ECHL, weren't you? Not with, not necessarily. But let me let me uh, reiterate what you're saying. Let me s- explain. So a couple years ago, the ECHL had their All Star Game and ECHL Hall of Fame induction back in. Ooh, this was January 2020, right before the pandemic happened. Good times. Yeah, and he was being inducted, and so one of the one of the employees at the time for the Thunder, they knew I was a huge Avs fan, but I wasn't necessarily going to go to the event for the Hall of Fame induction. I was just going to go for everything afterwards. They gave up their seat for me so I could go to the induction, which was very very cool. Uh, that was his name is Anthony Bench. He did that for me. So Anthony, if you ever hear this, thank you very much. I appreciate. It the opportunity to be able to go because I'm only a game day staff. I'm not a full-time staff member, which was those seats were reserved for them. So that was really cool. And then being able to talk to Jared just a little bit, I talked to him maybe two minutes. I took a picture with him. I just, you know, saying, you know, how, you know, you know, how's it, you know, feel being able to coach in the NHL. I know I just kind of like, how's Kel McCarr doing? <laughs> and so, you know, I just asked a couple things like that and I'm like, fanboy. Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard. I don't know. Everyone's different. I thought I'd be able to, you know, ask better questions or just kind of be more funny, but I was just kind of like, man, <laughs> Nathan McKinnon, he's pretty good, ain't he? <laughs> but it, but he's no swell. He likes to play. But you know what? He was, Jared was so humble being there, and he was having a good time. And I don't know if you guys saw his uh, speech at the parade, but he was very emotional, like choked up. And that was the, almost the exact same way what he was during the Hall of Fame induction. From the ECHL all the way to NHL, it's cool to see a guy like that. Not only move up, but it just um, didn't forget where he came from. And you don't hear a person say a bad or negative word about him. And it's, he's a, they, I mean, the boys in the locker room seem to love him. They mm-hmm. say he's a player's coach, but he can get on you when you're playing like shit. Um, so he'd be on us all the time. Yeah, he. I mean, I would be in his office every day. Um, but it seems like he's just a genuine, um, humble is a word we heard a lot. I think you said it just now, Shaway. Um, just seems like a good, solid dude. Yeah. And kind of getting back to the point Andy made earlier about um, where this goes for what, what this does for the NHL going forward. If you were one of the new fans or new people who happened to stumble on ABC on primetime during this during the NHL playoffs, during the finals... If you didn't have cable and somehow stumbled on it. <laughs> yeah. If, you're, uh, <coughs> if you just happened to end up on ABC um, after a domestic squabble or um, after eating your Stouffer's dinner for the night... Hey, so <coughs> how, did, how did you find McKinnon? Oh, after a squabble. <laughs> I was frolicking in the Hayesville. <laughs> but uh, while while you were frolicking, you have you have probably had kids and even adults watch this Colorado Avalanche team for the first time, and you can tell you don't have to be a hockey fan, but you can tell McKinnon twenty nine and McCarr number eight, right? Yeah, eight. number eight. Those dudes are just on a. They should be in a different league. Those yeah. two should, they, those two and Connor McDavid just need to go start their own league. They need to start the Live Hockey Tour, <laughs> and maybe without the blood money. But they, isn't it funny that the Saudi Arabian League is named Live when pretty much everybody dies? Yeah, especially if you're from Qatar. It's actually it's supposed to be vile. 
It's vile backwards. <laughs> vile. But no, I think you're right. I, it's just you can tell like the players that are on a different level. Kind of, and to give Tampa credit, Vasilevsky. But what a t- what yeah, and what three awesome players to watch mm-hmm. in a great competitive series. I mean, back to Andy's point, just a a, a solid point going forward for the NHL. Well, and I. I and this is being a biased hockey fan, and you know I used to like the NBA back when I know this is pretty I don't know how to say it cliche or cheesy, but back when like my, uh, Michael Jordan was in the league, that was when the NBA and the, in the two thousands when the Lakers were you know getting a their three peat and everything like that. Hell yeah! But I don't. It just seems like the the product for the NBA is just so bland nowadays. So going down that rabbit hole a little and, bit. And I think and I th- and just to just to cap off my point, I think the NHL had a better playoffs than the NBA. Oh, no matter God, no matter even, what the ratings were close. and the ratings for the NHL were astronomically better compared to last year where you could barely find a game on CNBC. Now you can find NHL games on TNT, ESPN, ESPN Plus and the ABC and ABC where the finals were on. And I think that so much Helped the NHL as a whole for their image and their uh, just getting out into the audience. And so NHL is back where they belong. People are going to give ESPN shit no matter what. But I love that they're back there. And TNT has has a great broadcast. And too. T yeah T get to getting the TNT's broadcast. Um, I I love John Bucciagrass over at ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even sent me a present a few years ago. But besides the point, <laughs> it's <like> golf balls. <laughs> Here, no, not here's, golf here's a here's a T marker or ball marker. But I mean, to that to that say, TNT everything they have put out as far as basketball production post game and NHL production post game has been phenomenal. Um, Paul Bissonnette does a great job, kind of making it light. Wayne Gretzky gives the the, the panel credibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tockett does a great job. Um, kind of given the coach's perspective, given the grinding perspective. Um, Who was it that shaved their head? That was, that was Paul Bissonnette. That was that awesome. Biz. That was biz. That was great. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Anson Carter is also good on that, too. Just yes. To get another player perspective as well, so give him credit. But I think, so I was going to say, the best part of uh, the NBA is the TNT broadcast, honestly, because that's, that's probably the best uh, in, sports. In, in sports. It, that's probably the best sports uh, crew out there. Oh, yeah. So, that's the best thing about watching the NBA, honestly, is just watching Chuck Shaq and all them give each other shit. The NBA's got a major problem on their hands. and Besides China. Uh, yeah. So, multiple problems. So, <laughs> China. The China. NBA's not necessarily China. considered a league where analytics uh, come into play a lot, but they, they are in play. And what what's happening in the NBA is that the analytics folks have said that it's three-pointers, live or die. And it's resulting in some terrible basketball. When when teams are shooting under thirty percent from three point range, it, it's resulting in some awful circumstances, blowouts, twenty point, thirty point margins on games, and it's unwatchable basketball. Well, I just it's think it, I just think their their product is kind of bland and sanitized because it's just just kind of go down. And I know this, it, there's more to it. Don't get me wrong. And the players are pro- the best players in the world, so they make it look easy. So don't get me wrong. I understand that. But it, there's just something where you just one team goes down, shoots a three, good. Goes out, shoots a three, good. And it's kind of like – and I, I was giving the NBA shit for the longest time for not playing any defense, but I'm like – I was watching a lot the last two years, and I'm like, well, 
honestly, it's not the defense. It's like these guys just can't miss, which is great. That's what you want to see, but it's just kind of like, okay. Can't miss or can't make? Can't miss. Okay. Like, some, like you know, like uh, <clears throat> like Clay Thompson, um, Seth Curry. Like, they, those guys cannot miss. Uh, Devin Booker in Phoenix. I mean, it's 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 amazing to watch, but then after 20 games, you're like, okay, what else is there? I think the ES, not the ESP, I think the NHL and NBA could learn a lot from each other. Yeah. I think the competitive balance and parity in the NHL is something the NBA should desperately seek after, after especially after those playoffs we just witnessed. Is that due to players in the NBA dictating where they go more than the NHL, where it's more of, is it fair to say, more of a humble sport or the players are more humble or they're kind of like just kind of letting the organization dictate where they go compared to maybe holding an organization hostage well, unless they go somewhere. The dollars they... in the NBA are totally different. Oh, sure. And, I'm, and I'm, I understand that. And the NBA is making astronomical money compared to the NHL. But, I mean, is there something to be said where maybe it, it, team, players shouldn't hold teams hostage in the NBA telling them, where, tell them what, what to do? I, I I personally don't think it's a problem. And Chestavez, I'd be interested to pick your brain a little bit on what you're what you're referring to about the competitive balance in, in the NBA because I think they've got I, I don't think they've got a problem with competitive balance. They've in got the NBA? No. I mean they've they've got they're creating super teams every other season by free agency. Uh, Brooklyn Nets came up out of absolutely nowhere. Miami Heat back in the day came up out of absolutely nowhere. And it, it's going to continue to happen. Wherever uh, Kevin Durant lands next is going to be probably favored to be the, the next uh, favorited team. I, I hear he's going to the Avalanche next year to play. <laughs> With Nate McKinnon. <laughs> <laughs> See that motherfucker on skates. <laughs> well, here's, the, here's where I... Well, let's just look up. I'm going to pull up the league <clears throat> rankings. But here's where... I mean, I'm not seeing parity. In the... In the NBA playoffs, you had games that were, to your point, if you're not shooting the ball at a clip of 40% from three, that might be a little high. A little high. But if you're not hitting a decent clip or whatever it may be, you're not going to get rebounds more than likely. You're not going to establish a point a presence in the paint. Your game plan is done. Mm-hmm. And that leads to shitty basketball, shitty low scores. And then you have games that, like we saw in... I mean, throughout the NBA playoffs that are that are misbalanced or unbalanced no matter what, whereas in the NHL playoffs you had, I mean, every game, well, not every game, there were some blowouts, but it seemed like every series, for the most part, had great competitive balance. <laughs> except for Florida. Except for, except for Florida going to the uh, Teddy Bar and... Just blowing what they did, blowing their president's trophy run. So your your point on competitive balance. They must in the have went NBA to Michelle's then. beach house last night. <laughs> <laughs> so your your point on competitive balance in the NBA isn't necessarily from a team perspective; it's from a performance, like like actual game. Yes. Okay. That that I'm on board with. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think you're right with that. Um, it and plus, you know, there's so many teams that live and die by one thing, like die by the three and such like that. Where I I appreciate teams that can beat you in multiple ways in the NBA. Kind of the same way in any sport, honestly. But, like, with when the Bucks won the the uh, championship last year against the Phoenix Suns, you know, they, they were a team that could shoot the three, but, like, they have a guy like 
is it Guyanus or Guyanus? I can't I can't pronounce Giannis. his name. Giannis, sorry, Giannis. Giannis, and Giannis, yeah, he's he's just a he is another world of an athlete too. But he can beat you in so many ways. I love I love basketball when you can when they attack the basket and then create more uh, opportunities that way. Whether it's sucking the defense in, then throwing it out for a three instead of just kind of working the perimeter, I, I appreciate that more because I think it takes more effort, and in a way, and in you know it. It, at one point, the NBA was more of a physical game. Now, if you touch a guy, not only does he flop, but everyone's trying, asking for a technical foul, and we're doing 12 different f- fucking uh, reviews, making sure a finger didn't get poked in someone's butthole and stuff like that. It's just, it, it gets too much. It's a 15-yarder. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and you get a penalty shot. <laughs> yeah, it's a, rough, it's a rough penalty to take. But, I mean, Do yeah. Oil check. But I, I appreciated the game back when it was a little more physical, and you could, I mean, there was some physicality allowed. And not, I mean, there's not too much. I understand. You don't want guys just hauling ass into other players and just taking them out intentionally. But I just appreciate teams that can do you you know utilize that kind of part of the game, and but also being able to be more of a finesse game, too. Well, and I think in all sports we're getting away from um, the more violent aspects in ba- or basketball. It may not be considered violent, but it, I mean the physical component, um, hand checking, hard fouls, um, the intimidation factor that played heavily into the mid late '80s and into the early '90s. Um, the bad boy era. The point. Sorry, the one point I wanted to make that the NHL can learn from the NBA, um, the player exposure in the NBA is so awesome, and how how they are able to promote their stars is something I wish the NHL would adapt to. They have, and I, it, I don't know, it might be the culture of the NHL, it might be the culture of hockey, um, where everyone's a little bit closed lip until everyone gets in the locker room. Um, but I think the NHL could learn and benefit greatly by marketing its stars, giving them a platform, just to not even to talk, but just show their face, um, show what they're about, give them personality, give them something for fans to latch onto. Um, I think that will be more important as this generation goes on, as it's gonna be more about players building their brands, kids getting excited about those brands of the player, and them being interested in the sport via that. Is it is it a case where the NBA is, <clears throat> seems more accessible because let's let's compare it to hockey <clears throat> because it's the easy thing we can compare it to. And I think not only the accessibility of the players, but like you can have floor seats literally there are people on the floor meeting you away from Seth Curry, where in the NHL there's literally a wall that's in between. It's not as accessible that way. But I think you're right. I think the NHL has a problem with not being able to promote their players more, and they need to be in the, you know, just the kind of pop culture and everything a lot more. I don't think, going back decades, I don't think the NHL's ever been good at promoting their stars. They, they haven't been. When you, when you are asking Train to play at certain events, and you're like, okay, we're about 20 years it's not. Yeah, not even in the 90s. Yeah, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ. And don't get me wrong, like when they had uh, Green Day, uh, I don't know, play a couple of songs for the playoffs back in, like, 2019. I like Green Day, but at the same time, it's like, you're, you that's, about, that's about 10 years behind, like, the times. Like yeah, you're marketing to millennials 
Hey, that's not... don't make fun of millennials. <laughs> I'm a millennial. Showers. The whole ass is millennial. <laughs> the ass casters are millennials. So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I just yeah, the NHL is behind the times in that. So, so uh, fast forwarding into what's to come next year for the NHL. So. Uh, uh, man, it, it doesn't seem like any of the real power players from this year are going to lose a step next year. Colorado, not losing anything, to my knowledge. Well, McCarr's I mean, they have young. We've talked about that. I guess if you're talking about Corey, you're right, yes. But there's a lot of free agents that they need to resign or figure out what to do with. What so. are they going to do with the Chuskin? I think, it, I mean, no, no, this is no knock to Kadri. It's more of like, go get paid. But we can't pay you what you, you what you're gonna get. Yeah, I think that's what's gonna happen. And, and unless he takes some ungodly stupid team friendly deal, but I think I think Nachushkin is gonna be a point of you know a guy that to to get back because he was just money not only money in the playoffs but this year he had career year. Money and, is the right word. Yes, in this yeah in this topic, but he is gonna he is gonna be a guy that the Az want back uh, maybe compared to a. I don't know, like a, a Nico Sturm or something like that. I, no offense to Sturm either, but um, he just plays a bigger role. And he can play wherever you want in the top six in your lineup. And he p- kills penalties. Big body. But yeah, I just I think he's going to be someone that you want to bring back. And then also goaltending-wise, I don't know if the Avs feel like they can get back Darcy Kemper out of team-friendly deal or just go on to Francois as your starter and see how that goes because they have Usus Annan in, in the wings. Waiting Do they to... even want Kemper back? I don't know. That is a good question. I feel it kind of seemed like Joe Sackick mentioned him coming back or wanting him back. Just to put a bow on it, I think, you know, the Avs have a lot of um, big big deals to get through. Nachushkin, Burakovsky, uh, Kadri, Kemper, just to name a few. I think even Josh Manson as well. But there's, I mean, there's just a few guys on that that roster that they have to focus on, and you know, it's gonna be maybe just two or three guys are gonna be able to come back because not everyone can, especially in the next few years when you have to give McKinnon his extension, and you know, a couple other guys who are gonna be looking for extensions as well that have been on your roster for quite a bit. So, um, especially like after their rookie deals, such as. Um, Devon Taves or Alex Newhook, guys like that. So it's just. It's just kind of up in the air on who they're going to be able to bring back. And, you know, as long as you have a good core, which the Avs do, I think they'll be fine. It's just depending on – it's just put slotting people in certain, um, slot, uh, I guess, positions to succeed. And Joe Sackick has proved he can bring in anybody, and he knows who to kind of bring in, trusting his scouting staff to fill in those roles. Um, does McKinnon – Take a team friendly deal. I think now, especially especially now since they won a cup, I think he'll take more of a team friendly deal. Uh, obviously, he's going to get paid a lot more than what he's getting paid now. What is he getting paid right now? Man, I think it's like six, seven million. <clears throat> no way. I think so. But at the time that he signed it, he would even tell you that he was not playing his best hockey. So he thought it was a fair deal, and so and so now he is on a team friendly deal as it is. So I can see him getting. At least ten million dollars oh, a yeah. year, but I don't know for him. Everyone doesn't say it's. It, everyone says it's not about the money. But what does Jim Rome say? It's about the money. So it just we'll just see how how the Cole Harbor kid does. 
Is there any reason to think that Tampa won't be in the same position again next year? What does next year look like for them? Well, apparently beat the fuck up. Get healthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, off the top of my head, which is always dangerous, um, I think Palat is going to be difficult for them to sign, and I believe he becomes a <clears throat> RAF after... I don't know if it's this year or next. I think it's this year. Yeah, I think it is. Um, but their core will be intact. Um, they have the best playoff goalie in the world right now. <clears throat> um, I think they'll be, I think they'll still be a team to contend play with. I think they'll, it'll be a Michael Myers, but, um, maybe it'll be one of the more poor John Carpenter films. Maybe like the fourth Michael Halloween Myers film. Three, yeah. The Pumpkin of Doom. <laughs> That's the one that just throws you off. What was the one? What was the uh, Friday the Thirteenth where they're in? Where he's in New York City? Like, is it Manhattan? That was my. That was uh, Friday the Thirteenth. I wrote. Yeah. Jason a, takes Manhattan. I read yeah. a paper where, about that where he oh. punched the guy's head off. <laughs> Finish him. I mean, I wrote that. I wrote a paper about masculinity and uh, yeah. pop culture about that. That's hilarious. I don't think I want to read that. And no one did. <laughs> I don't think anyone has. So. Uh, any, any team that might come up from maybe a perspective that no one's expecting them to do as good as they might next year? Any up-and-comers? I guess the Avs, well, now the Avs are favorites again for next year. Are you talking about teams? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think them. I think, uh, I think, Ed, honestly, Edmonton. If they can get a good, like, a good starting goalie, that consistent starting goalie, I think they can make a, a damn good run. The next couple of years. What's, um, uh, what's Toronto look like next year? Oh, you know, one and done. Oh. <laughs> it's fading faster than Austin Matthews' hairline. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> can't, can't be talking shit on hairline. I'm sorry. But, no, that's another team. If once they turn the corner, that they could be extremely dangerous as well. They could be a Tampa 2, part 2. Uh, and, TJ, I think you and I talked a little bit uh, about what maybe the NHL draft might look like. Any... Any thoughts that you have on the draft coming up here on the 7th? Um, as a New Jersey fan, um, I am super curious to see what they do with that pick. Um, <clears throat> Shane Wright is a serviceable player. And that might be what the New Jersey Devils need. Is a serviceable player? Is a serviceable player. I think they could probably get more value out of that pick than Shane Wright. Um, if Shane Wright's taken first by the Canadians and it's <clears throat> the big uh, Slovak, um, I can't pronounce his last name. Scott Sumodovic. Yes, that guy mm-hmm. who's like 6 a million and 250 pounds. They, they probably weigh him in stone. <laughs> That's all they have this to be able to weigh him. Sh- this isn't the strongest man competition. <laughs> Come on, Agnes Magnuson. <laughs> no, it's Anthony Kansas way system. <laughs> um, I don't even know what we're talking about. Talking about your your guy, the draft picks. Ah, uh, yes. I, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, I think New Jersey is, and God, I hope they are, because this has been rough. <laughs> I feel like they're on the verge of competing for a playoff spot. Oh. Ooh, 
that's a big leap right there. Yeah, they were pretty bad this year. They were banged up and they don't have a goalie. Well, they had eight. But when you have eight goalies, you, you don't, don't have, have one. one goalie. Yeah, that's kind of like <laughs> well, when you have running back they, by committee. They, you don't have a good running back. They've updated that phrase. When you don't have eight goalies, you have seven. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Jean Beliveau. Well, you might have the e bug, so it could be nine. The e bug. Emergency yeah. backup. Yeah. Oh. 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 More millennial talk. Schwami, uh, any thoughts on the NHL draft? <laughs> um. No, because the Avs aren't picking high for once, so I, you know, I just kind of let it, you know, what happens, happens. But I think, um, no, it's going to be interesting to see what Montreal and New Jersey, like where they get their, like what draft picks they end up with, because Shane Wright is, apparently is not a consensus number one right now. And, you know. I don't think he is either. I don't know. Like, it's, I'm not going to say it's a weak draft by any means, but it's not a strong draft. Because that's, I mean, there, there's, but you have those. There's you know, always diamonds in the rough. There's, yeah, you're gonna. Jesper Bratz are in there. By the way, Jesper yeah. Bratz should be the name of a horse. <laughs> what was the yeah of for? Look what he's done. He just had seventy points this season. He's twenty three years old. Because no one else on that team can score. Jack Hughes. When he's not on the on the fucking IR. Good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I know stuff. That's about all our stories. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know it. And, and yes, he, you're right. He Jesper is a, is a great good player. He's not a great player. He's going to be a role player for the, the Devils if they you know finally are able to you know turn their ship around. But I think he's second, third liner. Yeah, I think that's a very fair, uh, very fair thing to say. But I don't know. I just this draft is just not nearly as deep as previous drafts if you ask me and you know it's it's not as i don't know if this is the word to use but as a sexy draft honestly okay for i'll throw this to both of you because i my opinion sucks so for the new jersey devils with given that shaway and i think the draft talent is down this year given the jersey pick at number two if Shane Wright is your if he's there at two do you pick him when you have two centers already that you spent your top draft picks on, Heesher and Hughes do you spend another draft pick on him or do you trade it and get some core veterans to help out the youth on that team and fill out some you know, bottom six bottom six positions but man, do you do you I don't know how to put this. Do you kind of give up your future to try to win now? And do you? It's almost like if you, once you start going after those veterans and those older guys, yes, they are good for the locker room. But then you kind of get yourself into a tailspin. Or after two, three years, you have to consistently replenish those veterans and try to go after them. And you kind of get yourself into a kind of like a two thousands to twenty tens uh, Florida Panthers. And so, same thing with, like, the Coyotes for a while. Like, they keep trying to get new, like, older guys in for their young young uh, team and trying to get their young core uh, kind of a different perspective and different kind of leadership in the locker room. But then you kind of hamper your, your future by giving up those prospects as well. And so, it's just kind of a, it's a catch-22, honestly. And I don't know if you want to do that yet. So, I've, I've always been of the thought of if you feel that a player is a can't-miss, it doesn't matter what your existing roster talent is. So Yeah, that's if, fair. If 
it, let, let's say they've already got two people in that spot, and they I don't know what they did to get them there. I don't know how high they drafted them. I don't know how much they're getting paid. But at the end of the day, if you've identified a guy and you believe his talent is at a certain threshold, that's got to be your guy. And then you go get him. And then you just let the, the, the things fall where they may. And I, I mean, if you have to trade some of those other pieces away because they're not getting the time or there's not a fit or there's no chemistry, that's what you do. But at the yeah. end of the day, if you've got somebody that – if you can draft somebody and he's going to be a solid starter on your team for five, ten, maybe even beyond those years – you have to do it. You have to do it. Well, I don't see if they were to pick Shane Wright. I don't see him starting above Heischer or Hughes in the next. But can you maybe utilize him as a winger? Like, can he also work? You know, play with one of those guys as a winger? Because you know the, the the Avalanche for a while had it. We're so deep at center. Not only did they trade some of those prospects away, but they also tried them at different positions to get that talent in the lineup and see what works and what doesn't. So, would you do that? Would you not just maybe start Shane Wright on a wing and see how that goes? Maybe have him and Hughes or Heischer maybe kind of rotate being center in different situations and seeing what works and what doesn't work? Yeah, I I think it would work. I think it would be more beneficial to have Jack. I think he would be easier to put on the wing than Shane Wright. Especially when you're betting his over-under shots. Yes, absolutely. Keep that line at three, baby. Um, that's, that's what. That's the funding for this podcast. Uh, should we Should we just cut into that? Because that's going to be a key point when we get into hockey. This season. podcast brought to you by Jack Hughes' fourth shot of the day. So Jack Hughes, I want. I just want a dollar ten. I. I this will be my first of many rants about how I love Jack Hughes. I thought you were going to say I love gambling, but okay, fair enough. Well, kind of. So, uh, podcast cast nation, um, Andrew and I found a great bet this year. Um, for the majority of the year, Mr. Jack Hughes from the New Jersey Devils had the prop odds of two and a half, sh- uh, two and a half shots on goal for every game, most for the most part. He hit that more often than not, yeah. um, making Andrew and I. Good money. So thank yeah, you, Jack I, Hughes. I can now afford LED light bulbs. <laughs> You're coming up in the world. <laughs> His hot dogs are all beef now, so that's kind of telling you folks where Andrew's life is right I now. am a Hebrew national guy at this point. <laughs> His Kool-Aid's pre-made. Oh, God. <laughs> also true. You're rich. We're Hazel rich. Meth <laughs> <laughs> in the mountains. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, that's funny. But, so. yeah. I th- <laughs> Meth, the official drug of 11 p.m. mornings. <laughs> uh, God, speaking of which, I saw plenty of that last night out and about in Derby. Oh, how, uh... Do, I, is wow. This, do we go there? We can talk about that later. <laughs> Let's. I'll put. I'll put a note down. <laughs> talk about. Talk about the titty bar. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So not the titty bar. I just love this. So let, let's. Uh, let's talk about what it actually means when the team you've been following wins a wins a championship. So, and, and this will be interesting perspective from Schwammy because he was just mentioning the fact that there had been such a gap between championships for uh, the Avalanche. 
but you're also a Chiefs fan, and so tell People us. People probably think I'm a bandwagon fan saying all this right now. Oh, you're a Chiefs fan now. You're an Az fan. It's like who else do you root for? The Astros. Did say the Lakers in the early foul or I didn't. Foul. I'm not a Lakers fan though. I, I'm not. I don't really don't even have a team I follow in the NBA, but. Anyway, you wanted me to elaborate kind of how it yeah, means. just yeah. What what mean like a championship? Like what you remember? Maybe the difference between uh, you following a, a team as a kid and you following the team as an adult. Those kind of things. Well, so like I was mentioning before when we started off the podcast, um, I guess when you're a kid, it doesn't. It yes, it's exciting to watch your team win. I don't know, TJ, if you remember the Cowboys winning. Yep. Back then, or the Devils back then, oh, yeah. like winning cups. But is it exciting? Yes. Are you happy? Yeah, damn right you are. But as an adult, you understand more of the grind and what not only a player but the team and the organization go through to get to that point. And so it it means I think a little bit more as an adult because you have more perspective on the actual championship as a whole the whole ride to it what led up to the not only the team becoming good but just getting in the playoffs and all the storylines as a kid you may not know a lot of that stuff behind the scenes and all that uh kind of uh kind of stuff that just you know players put themselves through teams as a whole go through and stuff like that so and especially being a Chiefs fan where they've just been I wouldn't say ass for a long time, but they, they just haven't been consistently good, kind of like a, uh, a Pittsburgh Steelers, or I guess nowadays the, the Patriots. And when the Chiefs lose, they do it in spectacular fashion. Yeah, you know, they're they're pretty well known for losing in stupid ways. <laughs> but, I mean, it's but like as a fan, that like when you go through all that for decades, I mean, I I grew up watching them in the 90s. I became a fan. Then 2000s, watching those uh, uh, Dick Vermeil teams, like with Priest Holmes and all of them, watching that team kind of tease that they were going to be a you know, good team for years to come. But then injuries played a part. They had terrible defense. And then just the down years when um, – when they had like Matt Castle come into play, Scott, the backup Scott, quarterback yeah. for USC. Oh. Yeah, Scott Pioli was the GM. Um, also, I'm trying to think of other who were the coaches back then, but oh, what, I try to forget. What, wasn't was that the Cunningham at one point no. the coach for them? Well, was Cunningham before her? was before Dick Vermeil. Cunningham was before Dick Vermeil, but I can look it up. But I mean, during those lean years, you just. It, I'm excited to see who these shitty coaches were. Yeah, we have to look this up. <laughs> But uh, but what I'm getting at is as you know, just the storyline that like once you're growing up, you understand more of like what's going on day to day, kind of, and obviously it's easier now with social media. But it's as an adult, it just means so much more, and you just appreciate the championships a lot more. And so it means it. it God, this sounds terrible, but uh, it means so much more as an as an adult because you appreciate it more. And even though it kind of sounds, I don't know, kind of ridiculous because it's sports, I mean, it's just something you follow. And I'm sure at some point, like, if one of your guys' teams finally win another championship, whatever that may be, you're going to... You sounded like Dad just now. I know. (laughs) Maybe someday you can experience this as well. (laughs) Thanks, Dad! So, but you you get what I mean. You're like, you'll be able to appreciate it more than when when your team 
may have wanted when you were a kid. So it, I'm not gonna lie, and this is gonna sound bad, uh, sad, but I did I did cry when I got home afterwards. Like it didn't hit me like until then. I know a couple people were saying, "Oh, I cried as soon as it happened," but I was like, it didn't really hit me until when I got home and was sitting in my bed, and I'm like, "Holy shit, this team actually fucking did it." So, but I I'm, cry, I'm I cry all the time. I'm well, you cry for different reasons. <laughs> But anyway, so just trying to predict out, just trying to see if I'm hydrated enough to produce tears. So, so we're like, oh, to go back to the point of the Chiefs uh, uh, coaches, it, it was like from after Dick Vermeil, it was Herm Edwards. I was trying to remember his name. Yeah, you one. play to lose the game. I said Herm. But do you remember his first game with the Chiefs? What kind of it kind of was a omen on what was about to happen with that organization? What happened that first game? Uh-uh. That was when uh, when. Uh, Trent Green went to run the ball and then went to slide and got just murdered. Like one of the Bengals players launched himself as Tom uh, Tom Green. <laughs> Trent Green was sliding. Tom, Tom Green quarterback Ontario. <laughs> Ottawa Senator Zone. But he uh, that's when that was that first game when he got leveled and was Was that the end of his career? Pretty much. Like yeah. it was the it was the start of it. If Did not. he ever really have and that was when Damon Heward took over. Oh, and so, and then after that, through like two, three years, Herm Edwards was out, and then it was Todd Haley. That's who I was thinking of. That oh. oh! Yeah, and then Romeo Cornell for that one oh. year. I'm okay with Romeo Cornell. He's a great coordinator, not yes. a great head coach. Yeah, and that was a uh, lean times. So, anyway. But, yeah, that was the, the kind of that era. So, it's kind of like that's when you appreciate going through those lean times to get to that spot where you finally have a championship winning team. Kind of looking back at, you know, being retrospective. Of how your team got to that point, Andy. I don't know with your changes, teaming your chain, your team's changing. changing. I I don't know with your because team. the teams they are changing. <laughs> Speaking of your leaves, um, I know your teams change constantly. But when was the last time that you? And I'm not trying to talk shit, but when was the last time that a, you a team that you rooted for won the championship? Uh, you know, it wasn't even my team, but to watch to watch the Chiefs win and to watch the Royals win, to see people that I knew and and my parents to see them have that experience to they've hung in there for decades. What with each de- other or sports teams? Oh, both. <laughs> and then they finally got there with the team. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but to see what they like, the Royals' run to win the World Series was one of the most ridiculous playoff runs ever. Like it was so unexpected. They were so. I mean, going back to playoffs that some years are better than other years Those in were sports. Awesome. That was an incredible year of playoff baseball. Well, they're 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 two years that they went because if they go and lose against the Giants the first time I they get, made that run, and I, then, I think that's when Mad Bum went on his run. Right, Mad Bum. That guy was money for a while. Remember, the Giants win every other year on, now, the, on the odd years. Was it the odd or even? I think it was the odds. It might be even. I feel like it's an even year thing. Anyway, continue. So, but anyway, to, to watch the Royals do their thing, and after the Royals had sucked, just, like, they weren't even an average team for the years before that. They were bottom feeder bad. Terrible. So to see those guys come up and do their thing was awesome. To see the Chiefs do their thing was awesome. It felt like the Chiefs had been just a team that was never going to get there. And even with Mahomes, it was like, they're going to find a way to screw this up. They're going to find a way to not win. Well, kind of like their their first playoff run with 
Mahomes when D Ford was offside. Exactly. Oh my god. I was, I, was, I, was talk, about, I was about to say the exact same thing. Like, like shooting like, yourselves in the foot. Like the Chiefs are just known to do that shit. And that's another thing. Like as a team or as a fan of a team that does that, you're like, finally we've fucking got over that hump kind yeah. of thing. It's like holy shit, kinda of like the yeah, abs finally getting past the second round. Eventually, whenever Toronto decides they want to get past the first round, or whenever, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights don't want to be in cap hell, you know, kind of that stuff, or want to treat their players That's better. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Or the Devils when they actually, you know, have one good goalie out of the 20 that they have over in Russia. Marty Berdu Jr. He's, he's golfing right now. I met Marty's son, uh, Jeremy, when he was in camp with the this Thunder. This guy, that's the second time we've talked about how famous Whammy is. He's today. just casually name-dropping. Yeah. Right? yeah. He, he, he's, he was, he was, Yeah. Title guy. Eh. Marty Broder's son. Eh, crickets. Did you hear who I split a cheeseburger with? Yeah, we met at the Onion. <laughs> Tom. Scotty Bowman. <laughs> Have you guys heard of a man named Chris Green? <laughs> Tom Green's brother <laughs> from Ontario. <laughs> yeah, no, I met I met Jeremy before, and he's he's a cool guy, very very cool. But anyway, yeah. Then I, I would say like the the most impact, impactful championship that I ever watched. Like I loved the St. Louis Rams, loved them, and going back even before that, I liked the St. Louis Cardinals as a football team. I, that's where my dad's side of the family's from in St. Louis, so that gave me some allegiance. Hadn't necessarily traveled to a whole bunch of cities when I was young, so St. Louis was a place I was like, okay, that, that could be the team. So, mm-hmm. loved the Rams. The run that they had was unbelievable when they were the greatest show on turf. Uh, just awesome. They, they were a fun team to watch back then. And they and they, they, they were another team, kind of similar to what we were just talking about, the Chiefs then Mark like, getting over the hump. Man, that to see what they did to beat... Tampa Bay and just an absolute slugfest one year. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, Ricky Prohl making one of the most unbelievable catches in the end zone that you will ever see to get that game. Yeah. I think it was like 11-6. to six it was, Yeah, score. that was a game they showed they could win in different facets. It yeah. was an awesome game to watch. The, just, those teams, yeah, were so fun to watch. I'm glad I could watch them because the Chiefs were ass then, so I could watch a good team. <laughs> When I wasn't watching them, it was fun to watch a, 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 a good team play. It was fun to see that, and yeah, it. I guess also with your you know winds of change fandom, uh, well, are you why, still why kind of a, have an allegiance to a team that doesn't want to stay in the city? That's fair. If, I mean, are, do you, are you so you're no longer a Rams fan though? Is that right? No. Okay. So at this point, I don't even feel like I've got any. I, I like. He's a nomad. I am kind Wherever of. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mind pedal. <laughs> You're what? A bipedal. (laughs) (laughs) We're all bipedal, baby. I know. I lean. I lean, yes, and I hop. (laughs) I hop, yeah. We're all just bipedals in this two-pedal world. (laughs) I'm a (laughs) unipedal. I met a a girl the other night with a tripedal. Is that what they identify as nowadays? Yeah, she had like this little arm that was right too long. That wasn't an arm, buddy. (laughs) Oh, no. It was BAM! Dick Smothers Jr. (laughs) It was an apple on a very big branch. (laughs) Gravity took its course. I got hit by the bottom of an apple. This foreskin fell off. That hurt my bipedal. It was heavy foreskin. (laughs) It fell off 48 hours later. It was weird as crusty. (laughs) Why 48? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So anyway, back to the Rams You're, and am I a fan? No, so I, I have like and I like a nomad. I, I'm a nomad for the Las Vegas Raiders. I hope they do well. Uh, we'll talk in future podcasts about what the Raiders have coming up as far as no, the AC West being the AFC West being an absolute gauntlet. It, I mean, it's going to be insane. I won't I, be available for that. When we segment. Start, when we started this venture, and ask casters, I just want to point this out to you. We have in. I didn't realize this when we started ass casting. <laughs> Andy, to an extent, is an Oakland Raiders fan. It's gross. I, I think it's just because he likes wearing black. In Vegas. And Vegas. He likes he likes going to titty clubs in Vegas. Um I also love debauchery. And yes, general debauchery. It should yes. have been on the party bus last night. Yes, then. general debauchery is Admiral Debauchery's sidekick. <laughs> Admiral Debauchery. Admiral? I don't know. Um, Second private debauchery. So we have real AFC West hatred between Captain Debauchery and what I would say the Chiefs fan and Shawe would be Captain uh, Moral Compass. I don't know if I do after last night. <laughs> Eh. That is true. <laughs> Moral compass. Private first class debauchery. That's fair. I'm just a private. I was the most. Res- I'm like the most responsible one here today, boys. Yeah, because you don't leave the house. I left last night. Why? To go to my parents. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Okay, but yeah, I don't know. I think. I feel like Andy doesn't really have too many allegiances anymore because he's a nihilist. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I mean, Adonis. <laughs> no, <laughs> a Adonis. <laughs> Didn't we call the Adonis the the rival of the Megalodon? <laughs> Last podcast or something? Uh, it as opposed to the Marion oh, Trench. Oh, when, when when the dog was barking, yeah. we called it the Megalodon. <laughs> Get on track, boys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, get get on track on like Amtrak. Oh, <laughs> oh is that too soon? Eh, no. All right. Well. I don't think anyone got hurt. I think it just pulled. Did they? I don't no, know. In Missouri? Yeah, four people. Yeah, they died. Yeah. Oh, I I just thought it was a polite tip over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, anything with a train is a polite. No, tip this over. was more of a uh, full fledged Thomas the Train. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, he's directed mostly by emotion, so, I mean, that kind of gets him off the rails. That sounds like Ringo Starr. <laughs> it is Ringo Starr. Kill John Lennon. <laughs> oh, no. Do we have anything else to talk about today, or are we done? I mean, we, I mean, we have the... We, I think we hit the sports part of our podcast pretty well. Yeah. Um, I'll look at the extensive notes I took at 1.30 in the morning. Um, let's see. While we wait. Alright, couple updates. Alright. Oh, are you doing breaking news? Nah, I'll get, I'll get to it. We're gonna, I need a segue into the break, or I need a, like five minutes before breaking news. Okay. <laughs> um... Oh, our big piece of news today. Oh, okay. Let's go while we're young. <laughs> yeah, no shit. The Ham Johnson golf balls oh. have not been delivered. 
They were uh, attempted delivered. They were uh, there was an attempted delivery Are last they stuck night. In port? Uh, no, in 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 coach in car. <laughs> um, the train. Yes, in the in the in the old car. So uh, we do not have the Ham Johnson golf balls today. That's a damn shame. Uh, just it, damn just Johnson. <laughs> damn um, Johnson. Well played. Uh, boys, I don't know if I I, I know I told Andy, but uh, I had a pretty good uh, moon seeds trip on Wednesday. Um, yes, tell us, shaman. Well, are we to that point of the like? Are we to that point of the podcast? I think we are. I guess we can edit it. Or shall we can edit it? Yeah. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Which we appreciate. Thank you. Welcome. I could I could edit it in spirit. So so ass casters, um, I I I'm a bit of a psychonaut, so I kind of enjoy uh, taking. Yeah. I kind of enjoy taking psychedelics. So, psychedelics. Psychedelics. So I took um, legal uh, seeds that contain a compound similar to LSD on Wednesday, and this was my second time taking these seeds, and it was, it got me so worked up. Um, I ended missing. I I began starting to miss my grandma and my mother, so I started crying. Um, don't know why. I usually don't cry. Um, it's okay. I've cried at the heart version of Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're tackling that next. I, I cried once when it was cloudy during Teletubbies. <laughs> <laughs> but I had, I was laying in bed and after, stra- oh, Stranger Things. Watching Stranger Things, which that didn't, that didn't bother me on my trip while I was seeing and hearing things. I still have not been able to ca- catch up yet, so I cannot wait to watch the Oh my god, Vecna is so awesome. Anyway, so stay, stay on track here. So, um, yeah, so I was in, I was in the midst of my trip, and it was, I was in bed, and it was like 9.30 at night, and then I started thinking about my grandma, who is 96 years old, 95, 96, um, and I was like, man, I really need to go see my grandma. And I was like, man, you're a shitty grandson for not going to see your grandma. So I texted my grandma. I was like, hey, grandma. And I was crying, like, full on, oh, full on crying for no day. fucking reason. And then I called my grandma. I was like, grandma, I'm And I texted her. You called her? I texted her. I couldn't, I couldn't talk on the phone. And I, I texted her. I was like, hey, when can I come out? And then, so she said, late into July. Um, and then that got me thinking about my own mother and my father. Sorry, Andy, you never got brought into this. Like, <laughs> I didn't it. miss you at all. Um, and I was like, man, I don't, say, I don't say I love them enough. So I called my parents and I was crying. But I didn't tell them I was crying. I said it was allergies. Oh, and well. we, I, we talked about... The um, hayweed was medium that day. Oh, it wasn't hayweed, boys. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, I called my parents and we talked about R. Kelly pissing on 15 dollars. <laughs> and I told we ended the conversation. I told my parents I loved them, and uh, that was basically the end of my trip. So it was it was a little wow. Different. It was man. a little different. Um, you went through all parts of the galaxy. I will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and I did some meditation too. Um, I think my spirit animal was talking to me. Um, what is that's your, Megalodon. What is your spirit animal? It's a turtle. <laughs> Box turtle? <laughs> yeah. 
Thirty dollar turtle from Goddard. I always I always liked the turtle because he could hide in the shell. Yeah. Yeah. He's like I I thought he was cool. Like I I that's how you knew. Nature's I was, introvert. It was no, it's nature's white trash. Like <laughs> he has his trailer on top of him, so he is his own RV park. Yeah. <laughs> And he doesn't even have to rent space, that crafty bastard. His favorite song, Wherever I May Roam. <laughs> His trailer just rolls down a hill. <laughs> um, but um, for for you guys, if you are wanting to try the uh, psychedelic seeds, they were legal in the, in the state in which we live. And um, they are safe to take. And if you Apparently. Have, if you have any uh, questions <clears throat> about what this thing is or what these <clears throat> things are, you can DM us at AskCasters on Twitter, and I will uh, fill you in on what we did. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. So that's how I spent my week while you guys were working. What did you guys do? Um, <clears throat> worked. <laughs> that's it? Yeah. I mean, I, I went up and visited my girlfriend for the week, so and I worked from her house. It was fine. Oh. Nothing crazy to report. They have yeah. internet in crazy town? or They, they actually do, even though it's like Meth Vegas up there. It, it, it's crazy that they still have dial-up. So. I thought you were going to say dialect. I was like, <laughs> wow, they're that far behind? Yeah. They, they, they haven't even created a functional language? <laughs> they're still in grunts. It's grunts and moans at this point, and sometimes rock throwing. And meth giggles. Dude, there are some weird people up there. Like, when I'm driving up this one uh, drag up to her house, the people that weave in, in and out of traffic on their own two feet without having a bicycle or a car is funny as hell. You know, this leads down a path that might be edited out of this show, but... This is that section. I always wondered... This is where Shawnee makes his money right here. I always wondered, when did dental health become a thing? I was like, you know, the old cave people, do you think they really gave a damn about their teeth? Like, what was natural to them? And did did they ever have, like, a toothbrush... A toothbrush. Or did they say, I don't need a toothbrush. I have these natural yellow-looking tooths. I I don't know. All right, so maybe I'm completely off, but I think our teeth... One, I'm going to say something, and it might be completely wrong, but I think crooked teeth is an evolutionary... um, It's an evolutionary development. I think, so we used to have straight teeth. Yeah, I think we all. Well, I think we used to have straight teeth. If you look at like the our like, I guess ancestors. If you look at like even as far as back as like the the caveman, if you would, they had a bigger jaw than what we have now, and so I feel like that's kind of played into it, where the teeth really haven't really evolved to be smaller as fast as the jaw has become smaller. But then again, we're not experts on this shit, so who knows? This is the Askcasters hey. podcast where we tackle all sorts of things. Like but, but don't take my word for it. Dental history <laughs> and the space in your mouth. The space in your mouth. I put worse things in there. <laughs> you are now with Natty. And there's my first edit. <laughs> no, I'm not editing, editing that out. Um... Anything else there? I think you're the one that brought that one up. Dental Dental health. Sorry, I I was on a little bit of a kick of teeth. (laughs) Kick of teeth. Kick of teeth. That could be the name of the title of this podcast. Kick of teeth. My teeth. I, I, 
They're awful. Um, <laughs> for any of you in Askcaster land right now, um, as Andy affectionately says, you could put an M80 in my mouth and straighten my teeth. Um, I don't think I've said that in a while. It, 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 you say it every day in my head. <laughs> every day when I wake up and look in the mirror. Today you wake somebody's like, call grandma teeth bad. Call <laughs> <laughs> teeth bad. <laughs> That's what I'll trip about next time. Bad teeth. You know, I do have I do have uh, consistent dreams of my teeth falling apart. I've, I've had those dreams too. Okay, another thing that I'm gonna just randomly say that we might be completely wrong. I can't wait for the sex bots to fact check us again. <laughs> but I think, um, fuck, what were we talking about? We're talking about teeth, teeth falling apart in your dreams, oh, man. If, you're, if teeth, if you have a dream about teeth falling out, it means you're forgetting something or you've lost something. Oh, interesting. Like my self-esteem and respect for myself. Oh, that's long gone. You're like your dream is probably like a mountain meth head. Mountain meth head. Watch out for those people. Mountain meth. They'll yeah. survive anything. Even a Sasquatch. I just wake up in cold sweats and it's like what just happened? Yes, it's it's yeah. I I've had those same dreams. It's so weird. And it's not one tooth. Mm. It's like all the teeth. It's like they just start falling out yeah, or something like happening crumbling and mm-hmm. they turn into like some fine dust yeah just crazy I, fine dust yeah wow. yeah it, it, it is kind of like that it's weird i've never had fine dust but i have had dreams of losing my teeth um yeah it, yeah it's just strange that's a, that's a weird one i i always have the dream um well i used to because you know therapy's helping my life so much um i used to have the dream of Getting lost at work. Oh, I have a recurring dream that's similar to something like yeah. that. Yeah. You ever get that one, Andy? No, I know where I'm at at work. <laughs> Motherfucker. My GPS gets me there. So, like, we had, like, I had a, a client named Roosevelt. <laughs> Roosevelt. Was he a bear? No. Roosevelt was an asshole. And Roosevelt stole shit from Quick Trip and then sold it to kids on the street. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Roosevelt was a socialist. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, So anyway, Roosevelt. What were we talking about? (laughs) Oh, yeah, so I I had a dream. I was chasing Roosevelt along... uh, Along West Street. I want to name a dog Roosevelt there. Oh, that's a good dog name. But yeah, I had, I had a dream I was chasing Roosevelt along West Street and I could never find him. <laughs> wow. He was good, man. He, he was good. Yeah, he was just fucking hiding in the recesses of my uh, of my memory. Never found him. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, I've had weird reoccurring dreams. Like, I guess one, if I can... I guess go into one would be I'm late for a like, hockey game that I'm working at, like for my, you know, my oh, side yeah. gig. But one, it's at the old arena, the old Coliseum. So somehow we're playing back there. And then either it's either A, I can't find my computer to play music, or I can't get my computer to work. And so I am like stressing out while I'm there and it, nothing's working. And there'll be different, like, Circumstances where I'm at different spots and like in the arena, but I will always have that kind of same 
problem. It's so weird. Speaking of things going on close to the Kansas Coliseum, I think I had a dream once where a greyhound <laughs> broke his leg during a race, oh. and I think I start crying in my dream. <laughs> <laughs> I think I bet on the fucking greyhound. Oh, so sad. God. I think you might have a problem. <laughs> I think when you have dreams about greyhounds breaking their legs during the race, I think that's when you have a problem. He took the corner too tight. <laughs> Did anyone bump into him or he just like Yeah, well it was a combination of factors. It was that first corner and he was just doing his thing. He was kinda like he was kinda like outside mid and man. <laughs> Damn, right at that turn. Lost a cankle. Ugh. But, so, do you remember going the dog track? But what was that little rabbit's name that went around the track? And here Ozzie. comes Ozzy. That's what it was. I joked with my girlfriend the other day about that. Like, get, like finding one and putting it in the backyard for the dogs to chase. So, casters, there is a video that is available very easily. And it is of greyhounds actually running... And an actual rabbit runs in front of them. Oh, I saw and that they one. All go the different direction. That's awesome. It's, it's amazing. It's fucking funny because you cannot be mad at the dogs because they're trying to chase that rabbit, but then they see a real one and they're like, "Oh, we gotta go after it." It's it's great <laughs> it, video. It's a, it's a straight beeline slash ninety degree shot that they go from straight. Like going through the race course and then just beelining it the towards race course. It's F zero. <laughs> Sorry, race track. <laughs> oh, speaking of F zero, Andy, I have big important news for you. Big yeah. important news. Hey, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. This is one of those weird news stories. I uh, I stumbled across at two in the morning. <laughs> um, what weren't you doing at two in the morning? Apparently, <laughs> y'all don't want to know. himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I was a. Uh, that was tenderizing. <laughs> I don't know if I really want to know any further. That's a little too much there. All right, so um, Nintendo uh, in Japan had their national shareholder, not their national shareholders meeting, they had their shareholders meeting, and a concerned fan wanted to know what happened to a game that you are lo- in love with, F-Zero. Absolutely, we need to know. So he bought, I believe... 40,000 shares of Nintendo. No, I think of $40,000. Or it's 40,000 yen. I, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay, so $2. Okay. He spent, a, <laughs> he, spent a, he, he spent enough money to have a question and to be invited at the shareholders meeting. Then he asked the question to the president of the fucking company of Nintendo and asked, when are you bringing back awesome classics like F-Zero? Mm-hmm. Was there an answer given? Probably not. Probably I not a good I, answer. I think I pinched my shit off by that time of oh. the night, so I got up and didn't read the whole article. Oh, but, um, thanks. That's what I'm about, giving you false, or not false news, but half stories. <laughs> half truths and false stories. Well, that game needs to come back. Yes, I agree. Um, that would be awesome. You know another game that needs to be remade is fucking Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball. Yes! Yeah. Yeah. I have not played that in probably 25 years. What? I mean, is it not the most unbelievable baseball game? It is. is. Is it except for maybe? Except for maybe the original baseball on regular Nintendo. Dude, I used to play I used to play baseball, this baseball game on ColecoVision. It might have be, been the same one, but that's what my dad had, because he my my parents didn't believe in me, like 
growing up giving us like video games to play. So I always went to my friends' house to play. You're saying your parents didn't believe in you at the start of that sentence. I was like, wow. It's it's actually pretty close to the truth. That's how you end up here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously, if I would have had a shot, you know, play a junior league hockey, I wouldn't be here either. I wouldn't be living. these apartments I'd be living downtown yeah you also had no shot to play junior hockey so here we are thanks I mean you're not wrong anyway <laughs> but no that, that like that if it's if I'm thinking of the same game I think it was but yes like I haven't played Ken Griffey junior baseball in so long and it was such a good game I do remember it but I just I never like had that game growing up at my house um and same thing with like NHL '94. Is it on that same kind of tier as far as the sports games? Like as far as like the I don't say the goats, but like some of the better King Ruby baseball. Yeah, right. I mean, in my opinion, it four is. best sports game of all time. I think <clears throat> we're gonna go NHL '94 is like the all time consensus number one. Correct for hockey, yes, it, and it might be. I think it's for everything. Well, what about okay? So okay, we'll we'll we'll, uh, okay, we'll, we'll contest list. it. We'll contest it with. Ken Griffey Junior Baseball. Here's my list. I'll just give you my. Can we do top five? If you want to get to five, sure, but we don't. You don't have to. Okay, so I'm going to do NHL '94, NBA Jams. I was going to say NBA Jams. I thank you for mentioning that one. That's um, a great one. <laughs> baseball. I'm going to go Ken Griffey. And Frogger. Doesn't oh count. no, I'm not Frogger go, doesn't count. I'm not going to go. I'm going to go FIFA. Oh, what man. year though? And I'm going to go FIFA '96. Ooh, okay. FIFA 96 was a great game. I didn't play that. I played 99 in like 2000, when it was on PC. Like, that was when I was playing those games. Like, mm-hmm. NHL 99 and all that, like 98, 2000, 2001 were fun. But not on the same tier as NHL 94. Um, I'm going to go Madden 2001. Oh. Or is, if I, is Madden 2005 too late? Too late. Is it too late? I mean, does it matter, though? I mean, really, does it matter in the grand scheme of things? Grand scheme of things, as far as like going back and saying what your favorite game is. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give, I'll give you, I'll give you 05, But also, I think, but I do think O one is a, is probably up there as far as like Madden is concerned. I'd have to say. And then, what's your last one? NCAA fourteen. Man, football. That yeah. is okay. I think, ooh, I think 09 was a good year for that, too. Yeah. NCAA 09. But also, I'm going to throw a wild card for you for NCAA. I'm going to say college baseball 2006 was <laughs> fucking awesome. They had that? Yes. It... Great soundtrack, fun, fun like, replay value. My, my brothers and I still play that on PlayStation 2. <laughs> Yeah. College baseball. Yeah, I think I remember college. Baseball. It was it was a great game, and and like I guess to go further to other points like NHL games, I think, and I was watching videos on this. I agree with a lot of these. Like NHL fourteen was probably the last fun like great NHL game. Um, but if you want me to be honest, like one of my favorites growing up, like in the mid two thousands, with actually NHL two K five. Like those games because oh, yeah, yeah. because not only were they twenty bucks so they were cheap, but they also had like the the ESPN like kind of layout. You had different things that you could like build towards or as far as a um, to play for like different uniforms, different arenas, different set like all kinds of things. It had a lot for the bang for your buck, and it actually made EA like step their game up. step their game up and like actually try. Yeah, and I miss that competition with sports games because now it's so 
kind of bring it back around, almost like the NBA. It's so sanitized with EA being the only, not only, but the the front runner as far as sports is concerned, uh, video games. It's just, they're, they're, they don't push the limits or try to do a lot of new things because they don't have to. Yeah. And now, obviously, everything is monetized and everything is about the do- almighty dollar, which it has always been, but there's also no, it seems passion or heart that is put into a lot of video games for that genre. There's a lot out there that are for different genres as far as, like, um, I would say, like, uh, Uncharted or stuff like that, or the games that you've been playing. What was the uh, Borderlands? Oh, Borderlands. But stuff like that. But, like, as far as sports are concerned, EA has really not um, really pushed the envelope in the last, I'd say, even decade. Because they just don't have competition. Yeah. And there's no competition. You don't have to really try as hard. So I think a game that... Andy and I have been very surprised by pleasantly. Um, NHL 2022. Um, usually we struggle with setting up the gameplay at the very beginning when you buy an NHL game because it's too slow and Andy doesn't, he's not smart enough to use normal people controllers, so he has to use NHL 94 controllers. Best controllers ever made. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it, it, it was easy to get into. It was easy to kind of set everything up. Um, I, I was ple- I mean, it was great, great gameplay. Um, I win, so that's cool. Um, I, 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 we were both really taken aback by or ticking. I mean, it was good. I can't speak. Yeah. So I, I just it kind of. I know it's kind of like we talk about random stuff. That's just kind of how this podcast is going to be. But yeah, I. I I, I don't know. I just I don't really like playing a lot of video games nowadays. They're just there's just not a lot of competitors out there that really give other developers um, a reason to try harder. Because like I mean, and you know maybe it's just a nostalgia thing or just kind of like looking back, you know, wanting to be a kid again and just play video games and everything was like a like just opening a whole new world no matter what game you have. But and your meals of the day were pizza rolls and macaroni and hot dogs. That has Bitch, not. They still. They, are. That, that has not changed. <laughs> that has not changed. But but I'm just in saying that it's just I I I've longed for the days where there was more competition and it forced developers and to develop and create new and more exciting games and I wouldn't say storylines because like I don't know I, I used to play a lot of like the stories for lines for like. Uh, or campaigns for like Call of Duty, Halo, stuff like that. But I'm not about that. I'm more about the online experience nowadays when I play. But it's kind of gone away from that. I don't know. I I love the story modes because um, I suck at life, but especially in video games. And I love the story the story modes because it's easy for me to get into the game and learn the buttons. And then um, when I did feel I was Competent, we could go on online and get destroyed there. Um, I I enjoyed the the storylines in those kind of games as well. I know Soul Calibur was a huge one for you back in the day, Andrew. It did. Um, a little Devil May Cry action. Yeah. <laughs> I guess would you put that like the same kind of emphasis or kind of like importance on games like Dune, Duke Nukem, uh, Doom, as well, and like. Quake and stuff like that. As far as like 
maybe not on the like necessarily a tier list, but like stuff like. I think they're on their own tier. No, that's fair. But what I'm saying is like I guess bringing a kind of like a, an excitement to video games, like it just replay value. Um, I guess because like you know people back then that was their passion; they wanted to do something like that. Now it's all. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, it's, it's always been about about the money, but there was a lot more in it besides that for people back then and I don't feel like there's games that have a lot of heart or soul to them anymore. So we should create a game pitch it to a developer call it Heart and Soul. I'm pretty sure that would probably be some weird anime <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah. And it's just some guy who's 16 years old and just got de- or broken up with his girlfriend and he's working at a pizza restaurant. You have to organize the toppings on the pizza to get points. I'm gonna go save the princess. I was thinking it was more like a. I was thinking it was more of like a metaverse thing where you're actually oh, you're a surgeon God. and you actually pry in and pull out someone's heart and their soul <laughs> as a test surgery. Dude, um, when is uh? Operation gonna come out with the metaverse game? I'm surprised. I bet there is one. There's gotta be somewhere. That guy was really fat. Was he? The Operation guy? Yeah, that look. guy laid down on the table. Yeah, he was... had a lot of problems. <laughs> well, I th- looks like you on a Sunday. No, I think he like. I wish he could have taken out like his esophagus because his like esophagus. Esophagus. I think like I think he could have been like the only thing he didn't have going for him is like. Being a chain smoker, he looks he looks like Mo from the that Three guy. Stooges. That guy is that guy is got. I think he's pregnant. He looks well. Like... Anyone can be pregnant nowadays. That's true. He, yeah. she, they. Yes, yeah, that's correct. Gotcha. So they were, they were playing the long game. They knew. And see, look, he doesn't even have like. Well, hold on. What's by his uh, his pelvis? Uh, a dog. <laughs> No. Is there any peanut butter by there? <laughs> and a vacuum. <laughs> uh, also, the bread basket uh, is right on his stomach. So, and if we look at his knee, there's water on the knee. You know, stuff like He's that. Got oh, it's not, it's not a dog. It's a it's a it's a Charlie horse. <laughs> I have a story about water on your knee. Um, yeah. So when I was in my drinking days. Um, and I had my niece, my, I tore my MCL for you ass casters and I had when, when you were playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning? No, this is when I was with the Pittsburgh, uh, Penguins. Oh. Um, so <laughs> the doctor, I went into the doctor drunk and they're like, Hey, you need to get a sonogram on your knee. I was like, cool. So I went in and they're like, you have, you might have a cyst. And I thought that was cancer and I was all drunk in the fucking thing. Uh, and this is another time I got all emotional. Like, oh shit, I'm gonna die! <laughs> I like how you're scribbling something when you're dying there. Yeah, well, I was, and then I text uh, one of my friends who who works in healthcare now. And oh. I was like, hey, what's a? I think it's called a baker's cyst. She's like, it's just water. Oh, I'm like, oh, hey, why is it a baker's cyst? That's I don't a- know, like. Do bakers use much water? I don't know. Well, I'm sure yeah, when they you make, have to. Yeah, when they make like bread and stuff. I mean, anything, I guess. They, they... You get a little flour and water and you get some dough. I've never baked. <laughs> Apparently you have. No, you have. <laughs> no, you, you bake yourself. That's well, I mean, I bake cookies, but that's... <laughs> Pre, pre pre packaged yeah, cookies. That's pretty easy, boys. What's what's in the microwave, TJ? Oh, those are my Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> <laughs> those are my dosy does, boys. My dosy does. Oh man, this, uh, this podcast has gone off the rail talking yeah. up from from video games to bakeries. Well, 
Probably time to shut her down. Well, no, we, we have one more topic. Oh, yeah? Well, let's, let's wrap it up Let's talk about here. politics, boys. No. Oh. <laughs> we are not. I don't want you to piss off the sex robots. And I think that's a good time to end it. So I think we should end every podcast with that. <laughs> with sex robots no. getting pissed off? Yeah, when the, the sex robots getting pissed off at us trying to um, talk about politics. Hey, so let's say I want to individually give a shout out to our sex robots. Let's see here. Carlos Orwella is not a sex robot. In a different way. <laughs> He's just a robot. Ask Audrey. <laughs> oh, man, no. <laughs> check, who, who, check out our... Uh, Go to our ass casters and figure out who our sex butts are. We need to hang on. I'm, I'm already there. They're they're kind of like the trailblazers of this podcast. So, no, I think the I, I think they're the same as we've, we've had last time. We've only we've only gained. Yeah, but we still need right. They haven't got rid of us yet. Yeah. I, so Ham Johnson, Denise, oh, and then Pauline, and then Pauline. Thanks, Denise and Pauline. But, but then like two other, we got two more uh, uh, followers, which were was you, Andy, and then. Then Carlos. That was it. I had a cute Asian slide into my uh, personal DMs. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, thirty-five, hanging out in San Francisco. Do you have? Did she ask you uh, if you had uh, two working kidneys, functioning kidneys? Nah, just a gallbladder. <laughs> I don't have any good kidneys, but I have a pancreas. Hey, I need it. Hey, that girl. Give it like a boil water knee. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, you ever had a Charlie horse? I'll give you a baker sis. Played <laughs> <laughs> operation girl. Oh god. Alright, we gotta we gotta wrap this Is up. Is that water on your knee? Yeah. Hey, so if so wrap it up, but uh, go ahead and, and mention our Amazon uh, stuff. Uh ass casters, um, if you make any Amazon purchase, um, and we'll have this information more readily available on our website and our uh, socials. Um, but if you make any Amazon purchases, try to give us a shout out. Um, use the code ASKCASTERS-20. That is ASKCASTERS-20, A-S-S-C-A-S-T-E-R-20. How do you spell hyphen? I fucking hate you. <laughs> That's a weird way to spell it. <laughs> I think that's a good way to end the podcast for episode two. Uh, do we need to do our ad run for Pinky Drink? Oh, we yeah. don't have Pinky Drink today. We have C4, oh no, C, we have C four Starburst uh, Strawberry Drink, and then you have your Electrolyte. Oh, they're too fucking with the Electrolyte company's too late to put fucking advertising on it. Yeah, you, yeah, you have the flavor of grape. It's gluten free, <laughs> and also sponsored by Natty Light. So we will uh, we will check back in with you here in a week, and we will speak more sports and whatever else comes up. Ass casters. See you later.